I was a full-time paramedic. I was a EMS manager, and I was just really grinding it out. I felt like I already reached the apex of my career as a paramedic, and I thought there's got to be, you know, more out there still. And I didn't see myself sitting at the desk managing that EMS business for that much longer. I knew I had my own mission, and the only way to do it was take that leap, or else I would never achieve it. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm actor and activist Melissa Fitzgerald. This podcast will bring you into the lives of United States veterans and guide you along on their journey from private citizen to service to entrepreneur. You'll learn from these men and women how they handled the trials and tribulations of service and how they applied those same lessons to new ventures when they left the military and tried their hands at business. I hope these journeys inspire you to push yourself further, believe in your goals, and maybe find your own mission. Thank you to our friends at WeWork, Veterans in Residence, a WeWork and Bunker Labs partnership. Veterans in Residence is a highly selective six-month startup incubator and leadership program. It provides veteran and military family member entrepreneurs the community business support, and workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. Find your tribe. Create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans, or click on the link in the show notes. Also, thank you to our friends at Dell Small Business. late, Joe thought after opening his eyes and clumsily reaching for the phone. Dude, you're not at work? His friend asked him on the other end of the line. I'm on my way. Sorry, Joe answered. No, his friend said, look out your window. Joe got out of bed and couldn't believe what he was seeing outside of his queen's apartment. There was smoke billowing out of his office building at the World Trade Center. The day was September 11th. Two weeks later, Joe went to the local military recruitment office and told the officer to get him to a boot camp and on the front lines as soon as possible. He heard the call and was answering it by enlisting in the armed forces. By January, Joe was living a completely different life than he'd ever imagined as a U.S. Marine. In 2003, he deployed with the 2nd Battalion to Iraq and found himself in the middle of a war. But that's the great thing about the Marine Corps is we adapt and overcome and you put us anywhere and we try to make the best out of it. And that's the kind of uh, standard we try to set for ourselves. Throughout his two tours, Death knocked on Joe's door more times than he realized. He was ready to go on his third tour when a mentor and friend took Joe aside. You've tempted fate too many times, but you survived, he told Joe. You might not be so lucky next time. I know you want to serve. I know you feel the call. But there are ways to answer the call as a civilian. 
Joe took his mentor's advice to heart and left the service. He returned to New York and set his sights on a new way to serve. Back in his hometown, Joe became an emergency medical service person, riding in ambulances and helping those in desperate need. Eventually, he got formal training to become a paramedic and began managing a unit of 200 EMS workers and fellow paramedics. Paramedicine and being an EMS has one of the, like one of the most rewarding jobs, I think, especially coming out of the military. You know, there's a lot of talk about like guilt and, you know, what service members have after they deploy, especially uh, being involved in combat. And I feel like being a paramedic where we get a chance to save lives sort of like helps you find your purpose after you feel like you've been that type of destructive human. So I find balance being a paramedic and like helping me pay my dues and all the things that we could have thought we'd done wrong as, you know, being the military in a combat unit. Joe knew he was doing good work. And for a while, he felt satisfied by his career. But that call to serve kept ringing in his mind. The thought that there was more to do, more people to help, more service to give, nagged at him. How could he satisfy that need? Where could he redeploy and fulfill his life's mission to create a positive impact? Volunteering was the answer. But doing it in his own way was critical. Joe wanted to accomplish specific missions all over the world, starting with his home country, the Philippines. He and a few others self-funded a nonprofit called the Black Six Project, aimed at delivering humanitarian aid to those who need it most. They deployed on their first mission to the Philippines and helped three communities in need. The high of doing that work was better than anything Joe had felt before, and he wanted to find a way to make this his whole life. But he couldn't manage the cost all by himself, and finding funders was no easy feat. The answer surprised everyone. But we were living amongst a coffee farm, so I decided to buy their last remaining coffee, which was 40 pounds, and I put it in this backpack and I took it off the mountain and I made it back to New York City where I roasted it and it tasted really good and really gave me the idea that, hey, I have a unique product and we access it in a unique way that not a lot of other veteran coffee companies or even regular coffee companies access their coffee. And we have a mission behind it. And that was the most important thing is like, I was always looking for a way to make the jump into funding my mission full time. And I thought I finally had it when I decided to start doing the coffee business and sourcing our own coffee for Black Six Coffee Trading Company. Today, Joe Zaletta is the CEO and owner of Black Six Coffee Trading Company, a coffee company that fuels people's day and provides the funds needed to keep the humanitarian mission of the Black Six Project alive and well. Stick around to hear from Joe how he built Black Six Coffee Trading Company and the work he's doing now to advance his mission. 
When it comes to keeping your small business's valuable information safe, Dell Small Business Technology Advisors can recommend tailored security solutions like computers, servers, storage, networking, plus thousands of top brand electronics, accessories, and software. Running your own small business is a big challenge, but with the right partner, it's a lot easier. To speak with an advisor today, call 877-BY-DELL. That's 877-BY-DELL. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And we have on the other line, Joe, what's going on? Hey, how are you, Ian? How are you doing? You know, it's a great day. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Your company is is really interesting. So how long were you a paramedic? I became an EMT first 2006, and then I went to paramedic school 2009. I received a scholarship called the Keith Fairbin Paramedic Scholarship. His parents uh, gave me the scholarship to pay for my paramedic school, and Keith Fairbin was a paramedic in New York City uh, during the 9-11 attacks and parish taking care of uh the victims during 9-11. So they made a scholarship under his name and they graciously gave me uh, money to pay for my paramedic school. So I had high standards to make sure I passed and also high standards in becoming the paramedic that uh, I was living behind. That's pretty cool. I, things like that, the the legacy that you can create, I mean, it really it's such a reminder of like why entrepreneurship is important too. Uh, it's a good segue into that because as an entrepreneur, you're creating something brand new that can have such a legacy and such an impact. When did you first start thinking about the Black Six Project? Was this something that had been in your your mind when you were in the military, when you were a kid? When did this kind of come about? So uh, after I became a paramedic, I had a pretty good career from there. Um, uh, again, I, I had to live in the shadow of another great paramedic who risked his life. So I made sure everything I did was uh, to the best of my abilities. So I, you know, went up the ranks pretty quickly as a paramedic, good reputation. And then uh, my network becoming a paramedic su- supervisor kind of expanded. And I ran into a lot of first responders who wanted to do more than what they provide for New York City. And I also thought of like my time in the service about, you know, doing missions, doing raids, you know, and you still have that craving for that kind of action. So I also, uh, you know, just sitting in an ambulance with another service member, David Guzman, who was a Navy corpsman, we spoke about it a lot. And then I said, why don't we do something different? If people want to do, take care of others, why don't, we use our skills of going to remote areas and communities instead of like bombing them or doing a raid. Why don't we bring medical aid? You know, it's almost the same thing, except we're not harming anyone and we're actually taking care of people. And then that's when we decide to start the Black Six Project. And so what was the first mission? So the first mission that we worked on was going back to my home island. I came to America in 1984. I was very young. As I grew up in the U.S., I also thought if there's any chance I could always give back to where I came from, if I could, you know, if I ever become successful, I will always like remember where I came from. And something always gave me a calling to go back to uh, the island I came from in the Philippines called Mindoro. 
so they're an indigenous tribe called the Mangyan, and there was something that always wanted me to uh, go back there and help them in some way. So we did our first mission there uh, in August 2017. I didn't feel like I owed them anything, but there was something I felt like I needed to help them in order to accomplish something. And that's how it ended up. We went there and we took care of three communities out in uh, Mindoro. We took paramedics and veterans from here, a team of five of us. And yeah, we some parts we went by boat, some parts we went by uh, putting our supplies on a water buffalo and crossing a river. But that's the stuff that we love. And, you know, I'm so happy we got to accomplish that mission. At this point, was there a name? Was there a company or was there just kind of a group of people? At this point, we already like started the Black Six Project. I think we were three months into getting our 501c3 from uh, the IRS. So as soon as we got that, it was good to already start our first mission. And then so once you went back or came back after that mission, I'm, I imagine, you know, your brain is in hyperdrive. You're thinking about all sorts of different stuff. You're thinking about how can we do more of these? At what point did you realize maybe there's a business that could fund these type of missions? It took a while. When we got back, everyone was very occupied in their own thing. Even myself, I got promoted to being an EMS manager. I was managing about 200 EMTs and paramedics. So I was very involved in that career. And, you know, I was still trying to push the Black Six project. And, you know, that was the thing I really loved to do. So in November last year, 2018, we decided to help out a community in the northern part of the Philippines called Kibungan. We went there, they were hit by a typhoon and it caused a huge landslide that covered almost their whole community. But by the time we got there, they had already pretty much dug themselves out and we were pretty much just going around giving water filters and uh, solar lanterns. And, you know, I'm not that great of a Filipino, but I never knew that we grew coffee in the Philippines. But I am a paramedic and you know, EMS loves their coffee because we run 24-7. So now were you, when you were doing this, are you still a full-time paramedic? And when you kind of had this realization that you could build a coffee company? It took a lot of time to run the EMS business and, you know, managing so many people. But it wasn't really what my calling was. And, you know, the Black Six Project was still in the back of my mind. And then we decided to take a trip to Guatemala where I was visiting one of my paramedic partners' villages. And he said, if you ever become, you know, get big with the nonprofit, please visit my hometown. And we went there. The people in that town were just so inviting and loving. And I just love that what we do is we bring aid to those people. And I would never have met those kind of people if I didn't you know, do what I do for the nonprofit for the Black Six Project. So that's when I came back and I just quickly made the decision that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that was my calling. So I gave my two weeks notice in and that's, you know, it was risky, but, you know, that's where I decided, you know, it's one of those things where you ask yourself where you see yourself in five years. And I'm always going to question myself, what if, you know, I got to do what I wanted to do, but I just never took that leap. And I, I hate living with that kind of guilt and doubt. 
So I just took the leap and went on to the coffee business and the nonprofit uh, full time. One of the things that us as vets uh, don't necessarily have experience in is sales and marketing. <laughs> Once you started the business, did you find that there were skills that you didn't have that you needed to hone that you needed to figure out? Sales and marketing seems to evolve all the time. A lot of it was, you know, just I thought coffee would sell itself, but then I realized that I needed to get out there more, you know, instead of just being behind the desk, you know, typing this up, business proposals, balance sheets. No, I needed to uh, get out there and tell about my mission. There's no way to beat that kind of marketing other than meeting the person who wanted to do this for, for the world. And I think that's one of the quickest things I learned was that I had to tell the story personally and I always had to like get that story out there. The coffee's not gonna sell itself. So, you know, it took a lot of trial and error. In the marketing, I got help from a friend of mine, Joyce, uh, from my wife, Jane. She did a lot of our graphic work, our marketing, and the brand sort of just built itself. And I don't think I had a big involvement with it, but, you know, I surrounded myself with talented people and they sort of brought my story to life through images and just telling, like being an extension of my story. What do you see your role as the CEO? Uh, my role as CEO is really just to find out what we're going to do, you know, next. Find out our next mission, but also keep true, uh, keep people around you who remind you that what your mission is and not to like have too many ideas and, you know, keep you grounded. You're going to have people critique you. You got to be able to listen to it and being just one brain when you have the ability to have a lot of input is very important. You got to listen to other people's point of view, especially since they've been in the field longer than you have. It's, it's very important to surround yourself with people who give you great input and you have to listen to it. You can't just disregard it. So I think that's the biggest thing I have to do as a CEO. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we always talk about with surrounding yourself with good people and good talent is having a peer group. Obviously, you've found the Veteran Residence Program. Tell me about, you know, what WeWork has meant to you, uh, how this program has helped shape your company, meet new people, um, and, and just be involved in the community around you. Yeah, I think community is the understatement of what the VIR and WeWork has done with Bunker Labs. One of the biggest things I've done is just connecting me with people that are going through the same grind I'm going through. For example, that Backpacks for Life, the one that gave me the backpack to go to the Philippines with, they were members of the VIR right before I got into it. So I went to one of the Bunker Brews events. I saw this Marine with a backpack and that was exactly the type of person I am. And I was able to convince them to let me borrow their only prototype and go to the Philippines with it. And then after that, they highly recommended me to like, hey, develop your business by going through Bunker Labs. And I applied, I was nervous. I was like, I'm still developing this. I don't wanna be uh, surrounded by people that are like head and shoulders above you. But no, like I ended up learning that I'm not doing this alone. There are so many other businesses owned by veterans that they're trying to develop their own business and each one has their own mission. So getting into the, the VIR was just a, a, 
awesome peer group. I mean, just before I came into this interview, the uh, Rich from another company, Bagups, came in for my espresso card just to, you know, give me some support, of course, and also share a cup of coffee with me. But that's the type of community that we have that I never thought was out there. On top of that, it's sort of like gives you a little bit more confidence that there's going to be trial and error. You're going to have the support that you need. You're going to have the resources you need, whether uh, you have to ask for it or sometimes the resource calls you and you didn't even know you need it, but that's the community that it gave me. It's like, hey, Joe, uh, these people are looking for coffee at this date. We thought of you. What would you think of like serving your coffee here? But that's the network it's uh, built for me. And it, I don't think I would have expanded my network quicker if I didn't meet these kind of people doing these incredible things with the entrepreneurship field. What do you think was the thing you were most nervous about starting a business? Just like who would believe or who would like support my story or my business? Am I like any other coffee company out there? So I was like being, I was prepared for a letdown. But next thing you know, I got the confidence as we were going through the VIR and Bunker Labs. Like people said, hey, you got a great story. Your coffee is great. That was another thing I had doubt about because I like it. Who knows what other people, th other people think? So getting good feedback and also people believing my story helped me overcome the biggest fear I had was like, will I be able to be successful? With my business who's going to believe it and so far it's been one hell of a ride and people are you know cheering me on and I'm, i really appreciate that was there a moment where you thought like maybe i shouldn't do this or maybe i should quit or maybe this isn't really the life for me <laughs> yeah there's been many times uh <laughs> a lot of a lot of it was internally but i think uh you know Entrepreneurs will tell you it's a roller coaster ride, you know, and you'll have your ups, you'll have your downs. And I always said to myself, no, what, no matter how down it is, don't quit. But th there was one time where I said it to my wife who was working so hard for the business too. And I kind of wanted her to confirm and say, you know what? It is too hard. You should quit. And she didn't. She goes, no. You can't quit. We've been working too hard. You got to keep pushing. It's going to go back up. And she was right. And I was just glad that no one else let me quit, you know. But that, there is that doubt inside. But uh, if you believe in your product, you believe in your mission, you're going to find a way. And you just got to get out there and, and, and try. You know, the worst that can happen is you fail. You know, you hear entrepreneurs fail all the time, but, you know, let yourself fail a few times and then get back up and come at it stronger. Learn your lesson from it. And uh, I think that self-doubt will always be there, but you got to keep pushing. Is there any piece of advice that you would offer other entrepreneurs or veterans thinking of, you know, starting a business and getting involved with the uh, Veterans and Residence Program? One of the biggest things I think is just go for it. One of the biggest challenges I think a lot of people who don't get their business off the ground is overanalyzing and overthinking. And I think that increases your chance for self-doubt. 
get in, apply, find yourself within the bunk labs and you'll see a lot of uh, positive things that it could bring to you. You'll see people trying to do it with less experience, but like figuring it out along the way. You know, whether it's been done before or you're the first one doing that kind of product or service, that's what makes it exciting. And you'll always find someone that will know someone that will help you out or will help you figure it out. So the biggest advice I would say is to just go for it. And it's that can-do attitude again that you got to bring that you learn from the military. Like failure is not an option. It will occur, but you can never not do it. You must try. So that's the biggest thing I, I would give as advice is just go for it. You know, now that you're here, how do you think about building for the long term? So the next thing we want to do is uh, do more domestic disaster relief. You know, I need to build my coffee business, I think, and then also build the nonprofit too. I'm planning to build a coffee truck that doubles as a disaster response vehicle. And we're building it to be themed like the A-Team van from the 80s show. <laughs> so, you know, and when I say that it picks from skills that I had from before, is just because, you know, I love to be mobile. I love to be out there. And, you know, I didn't want to do the typical thing of starting a cafe. Then I would be stuck indoors. And everyone knows that Joe doesn't enjoy sitting indoors too long. So I, you know, that's one of the things I want to do. And that's what we're planning to do to uh, cover our domestic disaster relief and also uh, have the ability to serve our own coffee. Right now, we don't have a brick and mortar. So the best way for people to, you know, get in contact with our coffee is to serve it ourselves. You know, just selling the beans online, I saw it's just not going to, uh, it's not feasible to scale up. And, you know, we really got to get people to drink it. So show up with an A-team van, you know. And and it's a thing that in New York, everyone loves coffee on the go or just like exciting new things. So that's one of the things we're trying to do and use that coffee truck to go to places within the continental U.S. with volunteers. We would remove some of the coffee equipment and then put in our disaster relief equipment like tents, cots, uh, drone equipment, all the things that we need. But, you know, we're two brands in one. I love it. Joe, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Everyone should check out black6coffee.org. And uh, we're so excited to follow along with your journey, man. This is it's really cool to see. No, thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing the stories of other veteran entrepreneurs out there. Awesome. Take care, man. Thank you again to WeWork. Veterans and Residents is a partnership of WeWork and Bunker Labs. Veterans and Residents is a six-month startup incubator and leadership program that provides veteran and military family members the community, business support, and a workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. To learn more about WeWork and the Veterans and Residents program, visit we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans. Find your tribe, create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. This podcast was created by the team at Mission. If you want to hear more from Mission, be sure to check out mission.org.
There's nothing small about your business. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors are ready to give you trusted advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored tech solutions like computers with Intel Core processors. Call 877 by dell to speak to an advisor today. 